Okily dokily, let's put on our game faces. Game on! Woo! This is Bronco Nation, a Midwest Communications podcast. Here's your hosts, Jordan Lass and Jim Lawless. That's right, episode one, take two, actually. We had just recorded a great episode, <laughs> and the system crashed out. We are not afraid to broadcast our failures. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you you said that uh, one of our bosses had a great saying, Jesus saves, and so should you while working on computers. Oh, yeah, that, that was back in 1999 when he mentioned that, too. So, yeah. <laughs> Peter Tans, we love you. Thank Still you. true today. Oh, yes. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the, the uh, Bronco Nation podcast made possible by uh, Zemlick Office Products and Furniture. We got to thank them. Um, you know, our first podcast sponsor here at Midwest Communications, a pretty big deal. No pressure, Jim. Uh, we got to be flawless. I mean, you are flawless, Jim Lawless. So. Well, thank you. <laughs> and I wasn't running the computer, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Maybe next time we should have you running the computer. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Flat out, no. <laughs> <laughs> so go to Zemlik.com for all of your office needs, whether you know it's the office building or your office at home. Um, yeah, they've got daily offers. They've got uh, free offers. If you like buy a certain amount of something, you'll get something for free. Zemlik.com. Uh, you can also find them Sky King Boulevard here in Kalamazoo. But just to, to kind of give you an outlook of what these podcasts are going to look like each week, uh, we're recording towards the tail end of the week. This week, we didn't know this was going to be in motion until about two days ago. Right. Um, usually, we're going to try to record somewhere between <clears throat> Monday and Wednesday, get you ready for the week. Because as we move further into the season, we do have Maction on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays and all of that nonsense. So, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> Just keep them on Saturdays, please. Um, well, it, it, you know, I, I see, I see the max intention to market the conference nationwide. And, and unfortunately we're kind of relegated to Tuesday night football, um, down the road for that. So, but at least, you know, ESPN, ESPN two, CBS sports network, uh, they jump on board and, and grab the Mac games and get them out to the nation. So that's can't argue with that, but yeah, Yeah, I'd rather have, I I want noon Saturday. I'm out by quarter to four. Yeah. Done. Perfect. (laughs) But life is not like that. So we'll talk a lot, a lot about Broncos. Um, So we'll usually start by, you know, kind of recapping the the game the prior weekend and then, you know, previewing the game upcoming weekend. Um, We'll get off the rails. We'll talk, you know, all of the matchups for the week in the MAC. Uh, We'll bring in some outside games, some of the bigger games across college football landscape and talk about those. Obviously, we'll get some Michigan, Michigan State in there. Yeah. Um, We'll reference the Chippewas, but we won't really talk about them. Who? Yeah, exactly. Um, And then I'm sure, you know, we'll probably talk Lions a little bit each week. Right. Just because, you know. For for the record, that Mount Pleasant team is known as the team up north. Yeah. You can can thank Jim McKinney for that. The team up north. Right. Okay. Fire out, Chips. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's going to happen this week. We'll talk about that later. But, um, yeah, it was a good game on Saturday. You were running the board well, the, in the studio show, too. And right. I had stopped in right before half. I was out at Weiner Harvest and Pawpaw at Warner Vineyards. By the way, go check them out. Awesome place. Anyways, uh, I came here to pick up my tickets for the game. And we had chatted a little bit. And I was like, what is going on? Like, it's so slow. It's only 7 nothing." 
And then we went to half and came out, and it's like they came guns blazing. Well, you know, it, I, I'm in studio. I, I do not have a monitor to be able to watch, watch yes. anything. So I live off of the wonderful tones of the voice of Western Michigan University Athletics, Robin Hook. And Robin does a great job of detailing the plays. He does. Um, he paints a picture. Yes. And that's how I'm able to follow along. Yeah. And as I was following along, we didn't look so hot. No. In the first half, but um, the offense did gain some traction in the second half. We don't have a stud this year. We don't. And I'm using the word stud because in the last few years, we have had that one big stud. D. Eskridge recently. You can go back to 2016 and be and pass that with Corey Davis, Greg Jennings, Jason. Uh, way in the yeah, yeah, way in the past, you yeah. know. But it seems like we always have that one player, and we don't this year. Mm-hmm. So it's going to take a more concerned team effort. Ellaby, Caleb Ellaby is a good quarterback. He just doesn't have the same targets that he had over the last two years. He's still a little bit younger, and he has too. He's a retro sophomore, so we got two more years of him. Right. Um, and I can only see, you know, him growing as we go again. He's, he's working, he's working with different receivers this year, trying to get the fix there. Bronco ground game is, is in decent shape. Yep. You, you were glowing about the defense. Uh, the defense is what's going to define Western Michigan football this year. Um, it's going to have to, because we don't have that offensive stud. So the, you know, all 11, on the other side of the football are going to have to clamp down and keep whoever we play out of our end zone as much as possible yep. for us to be, you know, competitive this year, I do believe. Well, so. Lou and the crew, they pitched a shutout on Saturday and was it 57 yards? And you're not going to do that to Every Pitt week. or no. or anyway. or anybody in the Mid-American Conference for the most part, there is there is a good chance where this defense can hold under 200 to some of these opponents that we're going to face down the road. Mm-hmm. But it needs to start with with the pit game and and take this ACC team. It's an ACC team, all right? Yes. Okay. And and um, and you know show them that we can dominate on our side of the ball. Yep. And and hopefully uh, we can carry that into the rest of the year. Again, with no big offensive. Weapon. Standout weapon. That's not Mike Caliendo. That's not Mike Caliendo, yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, you know, the big the big juicies can only do so much. Right, right. He can hold down He can hold down and protect Ellaby. Then yeah. Ellaby can do his work. But he can't catch the ball. Right. He can't run the ball. Hey, don't, don't, don't give Lester any ideas. He, <laughs> <laughs> he might just. <laughs> need, need, I, need, I, need I state reference to one certain NFL player Back in the day, I'll even go back to 1985, William Refrigerator Perry. He played here? No, no. Oh, oh I'm using the Bears as a reference. Oh. He played you your Chicago teams. <laughs> I mean, I'm a Bulls fan. I, I don't follow the Bears. Well, I, I do follow the Bears because friends of mine follow the Bears, but I don't root for the Bears. You, oh, I, oh I, I'm I, sorry. You're a Lions fan, aren't you? I, dude, I'm, I'm a Cubs fan. I waited 50... How long? <clears throat> Fifty-three years of my life for a World Series title. So yeah. I'm still waiting. Sorry, Tigers. Come on. I was there in '84. '84 should have been Cubs Tigers. But I, okay. I watched oh, them well. lose all eight games in the World Series in 
2012. So did I. That was that was hard. I remember after 2000, I had to take a shower after 2012. It was like I have to get this moment off of me. I've had to watch this team lose two championships in six years. It was awful. <laughs> but anyways, back on the rails. Um, yeah, I think the you pushed on it. The defense is going to have to be the marquee for this team this right. year. Right, right. There's no way fans or butts. No, and especially for this week, <clears throat> in order for the offense to have a chance and for the team to have a chance, the defense has to keep them out of the end zone as much right. as possible. And, and you know, with no big offensive threat, ball control for the offense is going to be um, um, top priority. Yeah, turnover-free this, this football. That's, that's the only way they're going to, you know, be able to, uh, you know, get through the season and, and notch some Ws. Well, and you were looking at statistics for Pitt. Um, they've played pretty mistake-free football so far. Yeah, 46 points per game is what they average over the, the last two. Yeah, I think it was <clears throat> they scored 41 and 51 in their two games. Uh, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. So, or 55. 55, 55 and yep. then 41. Yep. Um, they only give up 20, but you have to look at who they played. Tennessee, against Tennessee, mm. they gave up 34. UMass, not exactly... A powerhouse. A powerhouse football. In, in so. Tennessee, and I mean, to be honest with you, that's not really a big win. But they can run, they can pass. 376 yeah. um, total yards so far on the ground in the two games that Pitt has played. So you can have yards a game. That, that's 180 yeah. plus each right there is what you're looking at. You were saying it earlier, the word of the week this week for Pitt is balanced. Right, right, right. Um, they're passing. They have four quarterbacks that have been rotating through. I can tell you who the uh, is. He not picked a starter. Who yet? the dominant one is? Well, I, I they probably they probably bring in um, whichever quarterback for a certain play situation. Gotcha. They have different packages. So, right. Right. Um, but the, so far, fifty nine out of eighty two, uh, three hundred looks like six seventy six total yards. Wow. Uh, they've scored in the two games. They scored five touchdowns. Yeah, they're averaging 338 yards passing a game. So that's something. With that buck 80 of rushing. That's something that Lou and and the defensive guys are going to have to pay attention to. Uh, Kenny Pickett uh, and Jared Wayne are the two quarterbacks that have played in two games each. Uh, Nick, Pat, uh, Nick Patty and Davis Bevel have been in one game each. Uh, looks like looks like Pickett is the uh, starter. Okay, uh, he's fifty-one out of seventy-three for five fifty-seven for the season, almost seventy percent uh, passing efficiency. Wow. Four touchdowns, his longest of forty-seven. So Not that's bad. something to keep an eye on. Jared Wayne, uh, the other one has been in two games. He's one. He's only made one attempt, completed that, but it did score a touchdown from sixteen yards out. I wonder if he's a if he's a running specialist. It could could very well be. But that that's a look at uh, this week. What we're looking at as far as Pitt goes and, again, and ball road, control, right? ball control, and defense are going to be the two key issues yep. this yep. week to uh, get the job done for Western. The spread is fifteen, and it's a noon kick, correct? And it's a noon kick, eleven o'clock pregame on one hundred six five Jack FM, the new flagship. For Western Michigan University football, basketball, and hockey broadcasts. Yeah, and you know, with Jack, it's a bigger stick. We're getting up into Grand Rapids now, over to Lansing, the Lakeshore, getting down in Indiana. You know, then 
um, Notre Dame fans can actually listen to a real football team. No! Whoa! 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 Wait a minute. We're going to relive Notre Dame Toledo shortly. (laughs) (laughs) I have have a few uh, Irish fans. They're not exactly too terribly happy with their team right now, but I saw it coming. They're not that good. They never are. They're not Um, that good. So let's let's stick with the Mac. Yeah, I mean, if, if we both, if I had to give a prediction, I would say Pitt's going to win the game. Right. But I would say that if the defense can play well, they'll keep it close. Right. So it'll be somewhat of a game. But yeah, let's jump into the Mac. We'll do that every week. We'll kind of you know tell you who everybody's playing. Uh, how do you want to start, Jim? Well, uh, let's start with the game tonight. We're recording this on Thursday, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, tonight's game is uh, the Ohio Bobcats. Going down to Louisiana to face the Ragin' Cajuns. Bobcats are 0-2 on the year. The Cajuns are 1-1. One one. The line right now has Louisiana at 19.5. The over-under is 56.5. Um, I'm all Ragin' Cajun here. Yeah. I'm, oh, this is not the same Ohio Bobcats team that um, has been pestering us out of the East Division no. for Quite some time. Yeah, no, I, th- so. I, th- I think the uh, the Bobcats go down big, not just down big. Right, Coastal Carolina, sixteenth in the uh, AP top twenty-five, two and zero record. They are in Buffalo to take on the Bulls. The Bulls are at one and one. Um, the uh, line has Coastal Carolina by two touchdowns. Fifty-seven and a half. The over/under. I'm, mm. I, I, I'm, I'm going to. We we did this before. I'm I'm going to make sure I try to not change my predictions. But now that I'm having a second look, I'm starting to think rethink my Your thought here, process yeah. from the others. However, yeah. I'm not moving on this. Buffalo gets the upset. They're at home. There's. They're pesky. At they're home. they're very they're very pesky, and I think Coastal Carolina may not be That's what good. everybody thinks they are. So. Yeah, just because they had a good year last year. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go Coastal, but I think I think you're right. I think Buffalo is putting them up on uh, upset alert. So you're you're gonna take uh, so you take Buffalo in the point, or you take Coastal Carolina? I'm but would you take, take Buffalo in the points? I think I'd take Buffalo in the points okay. too. Again, now. I'm going to I'm going to repeat this. Do not run to your sportsbook app. Do not run to your bookie and take our predictions as gold and use them. No, we're just using this as a as a uh, to we're just using it to generate our own predictions. And yeah. plus, sportsbooks are hot. They so, are. You know, yeah. Don't yeah. go run off and gamble on our account. No, okay? no, because <laughs> we are not responsible. Okay, and we're not all that smart, are we? Hey, sometimes no. 12 noon, big house. Number 25, Michigan. They're back in the top 25. Took two games to get there. <laughs> Against the Northern Illinois Huskies, who are 1-1. One and one. They're better than what they've been the last couple of years. What's the spread? spread um, the spread is probably ugly. I don't see one. The, I'm going to think the spread's probably about 25. Yeah. That would be my guess. Yeah. Michigan but it doesn't matter. It could be 35, and I'd still take Michigan. Michigan all day long. Right. <clears throat> Moving on. Kent State, 1-1 one one on the year, is at number five in undefeated Iowa. My Hawkeyes. I lived in Cedar Rapids, just north of Iowa City. You said that just like Brent Musburger did. <laughs> Hawkeyes. Not Hawkeyes. 
Hawkeyes. That's how they say it out there. <laughs> and the, you, of course, when you go to uh, Kinnick Stadium, you got to wave to the kids in the children's for, hospital. That's right. That's the first quarter tradition. End of the first quarter, you turn, you wave to the kids. Remember that if you go. Okay. Wave to the kids. And also remember this if you go. Um, the spread's 23 in Iowa's favor. I, I can't believe it's not 30. <laughs> Iowa's going to blow the doors off. Actually, them. the over-under is 56 and a half. Mm, I was going to blow their doors off. Mm. Which would mean, you know, that on the over under 56 and a half, if Iowa shuts the door 23 nothing and just gets the spread, they're way under the over under. Yeah. Again, this does not mean go run to your bookie. Never yeah. mind. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Iowa all day. Yes. Wyoming at home 2 and 0, oh, taking on the Ball State Cardinals at 1 and 1. You're in a higher elevation, remember? Mm-hmm. Um, and the last time that I was, and this was quite a few years ago, shoot, this was 2003, um, ended up staying in Frisco, Colorado for the night after visiting my sister in Denver, um, 10,000 feet elevation wise. So it, it's higher than, than where the Cardinals will be playing, but I'm going to tell you, yeah, the elevator was out at the hotel we decided to pick and stop at. Three flights of stairs at 10,000 feet elevation was not fun. I can't imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is going to be a really good game. It is, and uh, the spread's only seven. I know. For the Cowboys. I think it's a Ball State upset. I, I'm smelling that, too. I'll go Ball State as well. Colorado State is at the team that should have walloped. Notre Dame. Yeah, thank you. I was going to say the the, the team in South Bend. Oh, yeah, we see we got to start doing that. It's the team up north and the team, team in, in South, South Bend. Bend. Yeah. I don't want to refer okay. to their names. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, Toledo's one and one. Obviously, they lost by five. Yeah. By five. They should have beat them. Yeah. They should have beat Colorado State with uh, no wins. They're nothing in two. Um, the Rockets. The Rockets. Are um, I think they're weren't they picked to win the MAC West or yeah they're picked yeah, to win yeah. the MAC West. Ball State's picked to win the MAC East. East. Yep. Cardinals were picked to uh, win it all. Yeah. Of course, we just went back on that reference with Wyoming balls. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my my brother worked at Ball State for a year. He lives down in Indy. So go go Cards. And um, the line shows that Toledo fourteen and a half point favorite, and the over unders at fifty six and a half. Uh, it'll, it'll be a Rockets day. Yes, it will. Especially, they're playing in the glass bowl in Toledo. So. Yes, it, there'll, there'll be plenty of uh, Rockets in the sky. Right, <laughs> right, right. Why did I just put that paper down? Murray State, one and one. Taking on. Bowling Green. They're 0-2. Deceiving. Bowling Green's better than 0-2. I didn't look back to see and who, who they, they played. played but I, I didn't Im- look back. I can't at, imagine they were cupcake games. As a, as a matter of fact, I can just take a look back at their last game here because I did print them out. Oh, They, they lost to South Alabama Ooh. by three. Ooh, I don't like that, though. So, And week one, they lost 38-6 to six to Tennessee. And Tennessee's not that good. No. Okay, so maybe I'm okay. Go State. I I will too. The the Cardinals just you know, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, that team up north. They actually won a game this year. Wow! They lost yeah. a game, which we appreciate. Yes. They get LSU unranked LSU, but still fire LSU. out chips. Fire out chips. Yeah, spreads get, spreads almost twenty. They're gonna get scorched for the Tigers. Yikes! Yeah, that that's a done deal. 
Sorry, CMU, you'll be one and two coming in next week. Yeah. And if you pull off the upset, good for you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see it. I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll announce it. The team up north. Upset. It, it, it was funny listening to you do the uh, post game last week, and you were doing the scoreboard update, and you talked about the Ohio State update, and you were like, that was fun to say. It was fun to hear. It, just living in Michigan. Anyone that wears Ohio State swag up here is nuts. And they're just asking for it. They are. <laughs> but here's my thing, though. Or Ohio State. Oh, 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 Ohio State. No. It's the oh, other way for me. U of oh, M. Oh, I can't oh. stand U of M. Well, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, I used to have a bumper sticker, and it was one big word said, oh, how I hate Ohio State. So now we move out of the MAC, and we got to start with uh, Michigan State, you know, being in Michigan. Uh, they head down to the state of Florida. They're going to be taking on number 24, Miami. I smell upset all day Oh, long. so do I. The Hurricanes cracked the top 25, but they are, they are not a Category 5 anymore. They're, <laughs> they're more down one or two, so you can get through them. Yeah. I, I see a state, yeah, um, Michigan State in the same predicament that Western Michigan is in this year. You know, I talked about you got a ball control. You don't have a big offensive star to um, to help carry the team. You have to rely on ball control and defense, which is right up State's alley this year. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm going Sparty. Yeah, I, I just love what Mel Tucker's doing. So I think he's going to get that thing uh, on track faster than a lot of people thought. Um, not a lot of good games this week. A lot of stinkers. Uh, the team down south, I think they're going down to the team further south of them, Purdue. Oh, the Boilermakers and the I Wish. <laughs> okay, I had to pull that out. Uh, I, I, I just, you know, I, I grew up on Notre Dame football. Channel 16 in South Bend every Saturday had the Irish game of the week. And I would watch it down at my friend's house, and and they were all big Irish fans. And I'm just saying they're like, I just can't get into it like you guys are. No, I can't. Yeah. They're like Michigan, just because of the name. They're Well, just wait. Oh, wow, wow. What's wrong with Michigan? You don't like Michigan. Michigan... Michigan's a clout machine. They haven't done anything in the last three decades. They rely on stuff that they did back... Before black people could even play football. It took me 53 years to win a World Series title. I'm patient. <laughs> I don't get it. I, I, I'm also a big Mike Valenti fan. If you don't know him, he's in Detroit. He's a big Michigan hater. So yeah. I just, I, I don't know. There's just yeah. something fun about hating okay. on Michigan. But any, anyway, I smell a Boilermaker upset. Me too. We both smell that one. Um <laughs> Yeah, we talked about it earlier. Kent State is going to get killed by Iowa. Uh, the game of the week, in my opinion, number one at Alabama in the swamp in Gainesville, taking on the uh, number 11-rated Florida Gators. The Gators have one of the best 12-man in, in college, college football. football. Yep. The crowds are insane. Um, it's just... It's just crazy down. Florida's just football crazy. It is. But but they're not crazy enough to take down Bama. No, I, I think you and I both agree. Like, 12th man is going to play a role in this game. It's going to make it much closer than it probably should be. And you and I just aren't convinced Florida's back. No. you got to show me more than what you have in the last couple of years for me to believe me. No. For, or for me to believe you, rather. 
Nick Saban laughs at that 12th man. <laughs> um, just uh, stinkers. Oregon taking on Stony Brook. Like, what is that? Uh, but another good game. That, well, um, this is this is the time of year. I you know we talked about it off air, yeah. where you schedule your cream puffs. Yep, you just do that because yep. it helps you tighten up your football yep. team for when you go into your conference uh, play. Make your mistakes, do what you got to do, and get ready. Right. And then for the team playing that team, you're paying your bills. Right. right. You know, it's like Oakland basketball. My brother and I went to Oakland. We were diving into the schedule like a week or so ago. They play a ton of teams that are like power five in a row. It's the paying the bills tour. Right. It's what it is. So right. Right. Um, we, we um we we were lucky in twenty seventeen. Actually January one, twenty seventeen, we had a lot of bills paid for. Thank you, Cotton Bowl. Um, <laughs> uh, so I think this might be game two of the week. Uh, Auburn's first Big Ten road game since 1937. They're 22. Uh, they're going to be taking taking on the Nittany Lions, which are currently uh, sitting at 10. That game is in Happy Valley, and I'm staying with Penn State. See, I'm going Auburn. I just I can't pick a Big Ten team, especially led by James Franklin, to beat an SEC team. I think outside of Ohio State, you pretty much hate the conference, don't you? It seems uh-huh. like. It. <laughs> I like Ohio State. I've got a thing for Iowa. I lived out there for well, a year. Well, yeah, okay. So, yeah. Other than that, yeah, you're probably right. No, I'm sticking. I'm sticking with uh, the Nittany Lions. Okay, sorry. And then the last one, uh, number twenty-three BYU in Utah, going to be taking on number nineteen uh, Arizona State. I'm going Sun Devils. I'm going with the Cougars. Okay. So we've got what well, we've got. Uh, that one. That one. I think those are the only two games you and I disagree on this week, so we'll have to uh, pay attention to those and keep a little counter going right. by the end of the year and see right. who does better. <laughs> I want bragging rights. <laughs> we'll just end up drinking it away at Main Street Pub anyway. That's probably probably <laughs> true. Um, we're not going to take a whole lot of time, but we will reference the Lions. Um, just because it should be referenced. Yes. I mean, we're sports fans. We know you want to talk about other things than just the Broncos. So that's why we're going to mix this kind of stuff in. But um, we both like what we saw. I think we both can come to that agreement. You know, it wasn't pretty at first. Mm -hmm. It was a bit of a blowout. But um, it was just nice to see a young team uh, that's not very good, to be frank with you. Um, Just show some fight. Right. It's that culture change to not give up. Uh, Old teams from the past would have just laid down. It would have ended that horrible score. But, you know, even garbage time, they, they gave them a run for their money and had a chance to win the game. Right. It's going to take Jared Goff a little more time to, you know, get accustomed to who he's working with. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Who's he throwing to? He can only do so much. And plus, you know, the preseason, I... I hate the preseason. I I, I don't think it should even exist. No. Just do training It doesn't exist in college football. It doesn't exist exist in high school football. The almighty dollar is why it exists. But you... You're also putting your, you know, players at risk for injury. Not necessarily the, your your uh, first stringers because how much time are they going to play? We don't know. No, a quarter, a couple of series, maybe even an entire half, but they don't. And that's why you see um, right now Jared Goff still getting accustomed to everything. Well, and it doesn't help that you, you're literally throwing to a bunch of guys. Right. I mean, you have Hawkinson, and that's about it. Right, right. I mean, the kid out of USC, I think he's going to be a good receiver, but again, he's a rookie. Right. So, 
But I, I understand that you are happy to see someone other than number nine under center oh, okay. in Detroit. I, I, let's just say I almost had a problem <clears throat> on Sunday. I was that happy. <laughs> I just, it, it, I don't know what it is. I just, I have so much animosity for Matt Stafford. It's I, like now he wants to be Mr. Charisma. And it's like, dude, where was that 10 years ago? Uh, those are questions that just can't be answered considering where Matt Stafford worked for the last 12 years. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. And if he wins it all this year, I will be happy. I won't. I know you won't. I, but, but I think part of it is to St. or not St. Louis. I, I'll never get used to that. LA has traded so many first picks away. I, I think like the lat they, they've traded like eight or nine or 10. So it's like that's going to catch up to you at some point. So it's like if somebody like Aaron Donald or you know, any of those other big defensive players goes down, you're screwed. Well, remember now the Lions have adopted the Rams mentality literally. They have. So, you know, I, next couple of years in L.A. will be interesting to watch. To see. And I think draft picks could be, you know, it, it could be an overrated thing. I mean, look at our number one. Yeah. He's gone for the year. Yeah, he's, he's done. Been, and he might be done in Detroit. That's entirely possible. Because I think he's reaching um, bust of a generation status. So, um, yeah, it's it's kind of disconcerting with Okuda, but I won't get into that. But I think, you know, I think for the Rams, I think this is their year. If they don't do it this year, they could bottom out. Mm-hmm. So you think about that other that second first-round draft pick you stashed from them two years from now. That could be a real good pick for you. Or another bust. Could be. I the culture's got the culture has to change in Detroit. It it's, doesn't matter it's, who you're it's, drafting. It's starting now. Yes. It's starting now. And it doesn't matter who you're drafted. Right. No. I mean, for crying out loud, the the greatest of all time was a sixth round pick out yeah. of the University of Michigan. Yep. You know? There you go. So yeah, it's it's just gonna take time <clears throat> and we want to stress that with all of our Detroit teams right now. It's time. Mm-hmm. Give it time. Mm-hmm. Tigers are turning the corner nicely. Yep. <clears throat> the Pistons are the Pistons something. are coming back to relevancy. Yep. The Red Wings, Iserman, it's a work in progress, but he's pushing the right button so far. Yep. So three out of the four are figuring it out. Yep. Again, don't expect world titles um, within a couple of years. At, at, yeah, at Little Caesars Arena for either the Pistons or the Red Wings for you know at least a couple of years. And um, as far as the Tigers go, that might be a, a little bit of a quicker flip because uh, Keel Badu, who called that one coming yeah. out, he's a great rookie. They've got some great players, Tor- uh, Torkelson's. He's doing really well. Um, Riley d- Green's playing yeah. really well. And they have a young pitching staff. Yeah. And A.J. Hinch, I'm sorry to say this, Beat on all the trash cans you want to. That was the smartest move that Avila he could have a, ever made. He was a scapegoat in that whole thing. Yeah. So, Probably. Yeah. So he, I yeah, I agree. He's already you. proved his worth in Houston. Oh, gosh. Yes. And he's showing it here because the Tigers legitimately could finish out of 500. They could. If they have a good finish. Uh, and that's a good way finish. better than a lot of people thought they would be. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, so. was, a, I was around the 70 win plateau. Yeah, me too. I don't think so. I, they 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 may push five hundred, yeah, and play uh, spoiler <coughs> for uh, for a few teams in that the hunt. Be, that would be pretty cool. So yeah, I mean, 
Um, you know, we're really getting into fall, so we're going to have Bronco hockey starting up soon. Bronco, you, Bronco basketball. Yeah, and you, it, like you said, Bronco hockey is looking really good right now. Oh, um, they're, they're going to be huge. So, like you said, probably top 20 to start the year. Should be top 20 to start the year, top 10 perhaps as we get closer to Christmas. Yeah. You know, obviously the Broncos have the nice Christmas break always built in. Mm-hmm. Um, last year it was auto built in because of the pandemic. Corona. Didn't start up until January and then started the, that front half in the pod. Yep. Which was, that was Western's problem last year. Pod. The pod, they did not perform well, but once they were able to get on um, home ice and on other teams' own ice, they played much better. They played much better, right? Yeah. So yeah, we've we've got a lot to look forward to. Um, we'll be bringing you these episodes uh, every week, uh, probably towards the start of the week, Monday through Wednesday, somewhere right around there. Um, whenever our lazy butts get around to yeah, it, when right. we decide we want actually to it. Uh, so yeah, again, I, I do want to thank our very awesome sponsor, uh, Zemlick, uh, office products and furniture. Um, yeah, for all of your office needs, go to uh, Zemlick.com. Uh, daily specials. They've got offers. If you buy something, they'll give you something for free. So make sure you check them out daily. Yeah. com. Also, don't forget the the first broadcast, or not the first broadcast, but this week's broadcast, I should say. Why yes. am I treating this like week one? <laughs> this is our first podcast. Not Maybe the, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> that could be why. <laughs> yeah. The Broncos um, heading to Pittsburgh to take on the Panthers. Noon kickoff in Pittsburgh, yep. 11 o'clock pregame on 106.5 Jack FM. And if you listen to the Bronco broadcast, pay attention to the sponsors and go visit them. Yes. They have support. Many of them have supported Bronco football over the years. Back in 1997 when I started producing uh, Bronco Sports back when uh, I worked over on South Westnage, yeah. um, some of those sponsors are still there. Yeah. And very dedicated to Western Michigan football, basketball, and hockey. Yep. So grab those sponsors, go visit them, and show them that you're happy that they support Western Michigan University athletics. Yeah, our, our local community. I think that's the biggest thing. So, right. And I just love supporting local businesses. So make sure you check those out. Um, Jack FM, the new home for uh, Western sports, much bigger signal. Uh, getting us up into Grand Rapids, Lansing, Battle Creek. I mean, the Lakeshore down towards Indiana. So you can hear us just about everywhere. Um, and of course, the 106.5 Jack app. Yep. Uh, you can listen on the website. Uh, and then you can always get these podcasts. Um, really? I mean, you can get them uh, most hits965.com, yep. uh, Jack's yep. website. WKZO.com. Uh, uh, Jack's website is jack1065.com. Yep. Um, go also, 955.com, windcountry.com, correct. Uh, WTVB.com down for our cold water folks. Um, WFAT, uh, 1027thefat1.com. So, yeah, lots of different ways to listen to us, but uh, that'll do it for this week. Uh, actually, just for me and Jim, uh, I've got interviews with Coach Lester coming up. Uh, I've also got a few players that are going to do some talking. Uh, let me look on that again. <clears throat> Uh, that was fullback, Pennsylvania native, uh, sophomore. Um, no, hold on. 
Pennsylvania native sophomore wide receiver uh, Sky Moore. I got that wrong. Oh, okay. And then Pittsburgh transfer uh, Theron Cole. Oh, oh, yeah. And by the way, uh, a couple of people actually reached out on my personal Facebook page asking about Sky Moore. He was available last week, but uh, Lester kept him out. <clears throat> so this week he should be at 110% and hopefully back to the Sky Moore that we know and love. Yes. And it's <clears throat> a big game for him being a Pennsylvania native and right. obviously for Theron, too, being a um, a Pittsburgh transfer. Those two are going to have uh, some extra willpower for the game. Uh, so, yeah, uh, don't go anywhere. Those interviews coming up in just a few minutes. But, uh, yeah, we will uh, talk to you guys later. Time out. All right, welcome back. Jordan Lass, one of your hosts for the Bronco Nation podcast, which is brought to you by Zemlick Office Products and Furniture. Make sure you check out Zemlick.com for all your office supply needs. Uh, my partner in crime, that would be Flawless Jim Lawless. You may know him as the studio host of uh, Western Athletics uh, Sporting Events on 106.5 Jack FM. You can hear him 11 o'clock uh, in the morning this Saturday. That's when we kick off coverage. The Broncos going to be taken on the Pitt Panthers at noon on 106.5 Jack FM. I wasn't able to make it out to Waldo this week for the press conferences. Um, you know, we do have interviews, though, from uh, Sky Moore and Sharon Coleman. Uh, Sharon, actually, a pit transfer, so he's going to have some extra motivation for the game. And then Sky, actually, a Pitts, or uh, Pennsylvania native, so returning to a stomping grounds a little bit. Uh, like I said, I couldn't make it, but thankfully we have the amazing Robin Hook. Uh, moving forward, I'm going to have a little one-on-one -on -one interview with Coach Lester every week, and then I'm hoping to be able to get one-on-ones with the players as well. So I'm going to swing it over to Robin Hook. He has Sky Moore and uh, Taryn Coleman. So take it away, Robin. Spent a few minutes with Sky Moore, Bronco wide receiver, and a special week for you, Sky, as you get to return to your home area to play the Pitt Panthers in Pittsburgh. Yes, sir. I can't wait to get over back at the house and you feel me, show off what we've been going on in Kalamazoo. I'm sure you'll have a lot of friends and family at the game at Heinz Field. Yeah, absolutely. We got a, we got a full house coming. What's it like playing in Heinz Field? Have you had an opportunity to beat to that stadium in the past before? Uh, not for real. I think I wasn't able to go in high school, but I think for some reason, I want to say in my middle school, elementary years, we played at halftime or something for the Stiller game. But I haven't been back there since. All right, you also have a couple of teammates who played at Pitt before they got to Western Michigan. Have you chatted with them at all about this upcoming game? Yeah, we're all excited. I, we've been talking about it for ever since they scheduled the game, we've been talking about it. So all three of us, four of us, excited to get over there. With Sky Moore, Bronco wide receiver, and two games in now, what do you think of the offense? I think, we, I think we're coming along. We're, we're getting better each day, and you, you guys have yet to see the best of us. You played in the Michigan game, sat out last week, ready to go this week. Uh, the offense last week, the game plan was run the football, and I thought the guys did a great job. Absolutely, yeah. We uh, executed our game plan, I felt, and uh, we was able to go through our reads and make, make things work, get the win. Kept it pretty simple, but uh, now you're playing an explosive pit team that has two victories coming off a win over Tennessee. Yeah, I feel like uh, credit to them, but I feel like we're ready and we'll be able to We'll be able to uh, go in there and showcase what we got going on. Sky, you've got a lot of weapons out there that Caleb can throw to. Talk about the wide receiver core and what everybody brings to the table. I feel like we're we're a young a young group that's grown up, and 
I feel like we, we've done a great job being available for Caleb and whatever receiver he wants to go to, the X, the Y, the Z, the H, he, he got a good matchup. You and Jalen Hall, both all-conference players in the past. Now you bring in an experienced wide receiver like Bryce Nunley, who's played a lot of football at Chattanooga before becoming a Bronco. Yeah, he's, Bryce has come in and do, done a great job. And even, I would say, accepted like a leadership role in our room. And he's just been able to be on top of everything as far as the playbook, the, the routes, everything. And he's done a great job. I commend him. Another guy who's had a really good start to his season is Corey Crooms. Yeah, yeah that's my roommate. He's a, we, we've been talking about this for a long time. Like, uh, we're, locked, we're locked in. We've, we're able to play next to each other now instead, instead of one of us not being on the field. So it's going to be fun this season. Coach Narduzzi over there at Pitt is known for some tenacious defense. What can you tell us about the Panther defense? Uh, for sure. They're, they got a good defense going on over there. But um, I feel like we'll be able to go in there and show off our talents again. Like I, you feel me? I feel like good. Sky, thanks for the time. Good luck. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you. Spent a few minutes with Theron Coleman of the Bronco football team, plays in the secondary for Western Michigan, and a unique week for you, Theron, going back to Pitt where you started your football career and played a lot of football for the Panthers. Yeah, yeah it's, it's going to feel pretty good out there playing against you know guys that I know. Have you had any correspondence with some of your buddies from Pitt over the last week or something? Uh, no, not really. Not really. Just keeping it in-house, that's good. Yeah. Talk about playing at Pittsburgh, what's the atmosphere like? Uh, what should the guys expect when they go in there on Saturday? Uh, a tough football game for sure, because you know, that's, that's what Narduzzi coached, toughness. That's like one of his main main keys that he wanna, that he always hit every week when I was there, so I'm pretty sure it's still the same. You felt like you wanted a new opportunity and came into that transfer portal and became a Bronco. Talk about that process. Oh uh, yeah, that process was fun. The process is definitely fun. There's a lot of schools, you know, hit me up and stuff, but this one really caught my eye. You know, Coach Espo, Coach Lester, especially Sky Moore. I wanted to play with him too. Did you know Sky growing up? Uh, not really, no. But we uh, we trained together at two temps though, so I definitely like, I knew him before I got here though, but not like as close as as I do now. Cause you know he's, he was a younger guy than me. I came out 2016. With Aaron Coleman from the Broncos secondary, and how about that defensive effort last week? You guys just locked down Illinois State. 57 total yards. I've never heard of anything like that. Yeah, that, that game was fun. Uh, it was a great job by the, by the D-line. Honestly, with Ali walking behind me, he had a, had a good game. You know, They really just kept me clean last week. I didn't get too much action. The nice thing about that for the secondary is the front got some pressure on the quarterback, and um, then uh, you were able to come up with a pick out of your former teammate at Pitt, now at yeah. Western Michigan, Bryson Garner. Yeah, heck yeah, he did, he did a great job last week jumping it and everything because we know the QB was going to force some balls last week, which he did on the interception. Last week, as we said, you held Illinois State to 57 yards. The thing I noticed was the tackling. I know that was a focus going in after the Michigan game, and you guys really delivered. Yeah, for sure. We had way too many many like tackles in the hole that we missed. That ended up breaking for big yards when it could have really been stopped at the line of scrimmage. So we, we had to really focus on and on that and make sure we – uh got the job done. It's been a couple of years since you've been there. Um, what can you tell us about the Pitt offense and some of the guys that you played against uh, when you were there? Uh, they got they got some good guys, you know. They love Kenny Pickett. Kenny, he got a nice arm, too. I played against him in 7-on-7 seven seven in high school, too, even before we got the Pitts. So it's going, going to feel good going against him again, like on an opposing team. And they're coming in pretty hot right now with a couple of victories coming off a win over an SEC team like Tennessee. Yeah, that was a big one for them, for sure. That was a big one.
All right, what's it going to take to come up with a win on the road this week? Uh, just effort, communication, and discipline. That's all. As long as we take care of those three, I think we'll be pretty good. Theron Coleman with us. Thanks for the time, and good luck this week there. Uh, thank you all for having me. Thanks again, Robin, for those interviews. Good to hear from Sky and Theron. Must be pretty uh, surreal to be going back home and uh, playing some football, especially for Theron since he did play for Pittsburgh. So uh, that'll be interesting to you know, kind of watch that storyline unfold. Uh, but uh, I've also got some uh, audio from the uh, media press conference with Coach Lester the other day. Like I said earlier, I'm going to start doing one-on-one interviews with Coach Lester every day. So uh, that'll be a lot of fun. But for the time being for this week, uh, let's play some of that audio from uh, yesterday. And today is Thursday when I'm recording. So just for reference, here we go. Well, Coach, the Broncos are coming off a 28 nothing shutout win over Illinois State. Give us your thoughts on, on that win and then uh, the first ever meeting between Western Michigan and the University of Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah, it was, um, it was a great Saturday. You know, it was great to be home and, and see the fans and, and see the town. And so it was, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a little bit of normalcy, I should say that. And I uh, thought we played good. I think we, our defense played great. Uh, they played with great detail. Great eye discipline, physical, executed the plan. A couple of things we can get better at, but uh, you know, 57 yards, you know, tying a school record is about as good, about as good as it gets. And uh, offensively, you know, we are. I thought we we're physical. We got a lot we can clean up that we have to clean up. Uh, but they had a good plan. You know, they were going to let us run the ball and and not not let us throw it. And uh, and we we did just that. We held it for 38 minutes or 37 minutes and. Um, you know, special teams was definitely better than week one, but uh, you know, it was good. It was a good win. It was a physical win against, I think, a really good team. So, and uh, uh, now we're on to to Pitt. So uh, we're we've had a pretty good week of practice. So I think we're excited to get on the plane and and, and head out there. You had a couple guys missing from uh, the you know the lineup last week, um, but some impressive performances by guys that, that filled in like. Matthew Stuckey, for instance, like he came in, did a great job on defense, got us even got a sack. Yeah, made a great play, uh, you know, and he he was he was playing. I think on that play, he's playing our money position, you know, which he is he's does a really good job of, and and uh, you know he's always been a really good special teams player. It's amazing how these guys there. As soon as you see guys making plays on special teams, give them a year or two, and and you'll see them uh, making plays on our offense or defense. So. He played well, um, you know. I thought that Harrison Taylor played pretty well. Kilberg got his first start. I thought played pretty well. Um, so it was fun to see some of those guys getting their chance and, and taking advantage of it. Hey, Tim Patrick, note that from the Kalamazoo Gazette and I'm live. Thanks for taking time to be here with us today. Um, wondering if you can fill us in on the status of uh, some guys who left the game early last week. Um, Marshawn Nealon and. Um, AJ Thomas come to mind, and then also a couple guys who missed last week: uh, Ryan Seelig and uh, Sky Moore. Yeah, I don't. Uh, Sky could have played. I mean, he warmed up. He wanted to go. Uh, we just felt like it, it wasn't smart to let him go. But he looks great. He, he's ready to go. Uh, Seelig, I don't think he'll be back. I mean, it's a, it's one of those things that's going to take a couple weeks. He's not. It's not a season ending by any means, but he's getting closer. Um, Marshawn came back in the game before it finished, so he's been moving around great this week. Uh, who else did we did you mention? Uh, AJ Thomas. I don't think AJ Thomas is going to play this week. I mean, it's 
he's not it's not a season ending injury by any means but i don't think he's gonna be ready six days later it's gonna needs to rest and calm down bustles the same way um we're hoping to get delano Ware back you know he he played week one missed week two uh so we get sky back we'll get delano back uh we probably will be without AJ and without Bustle and without Sea Leg, um, and hopefully wears back. So that's kind of I think where we're at. I mean, there's none of them are out, 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 like really hurt. But I mean, it's uh, I, don't, I don't think those three or four defensive starters will be playing. Uh, Bustle obviously has had a pretty good start to the season. Um, who are you looking at to kind of step in and fill his shoes? Well, uh, D Jack is. I mean, we brought him in here from St. Francis. He's really good you know he's he battled and uh he went in there and played great when he was in there so uh it's the reason we went out on the portal and and got him and uh great player and has two years left of eligibility and he's played a bunch of college football and played well and so uh he's he's ready you know and, and i think i like our depth at that position you know so it's nice to have uh, a guy that's played a ton of college football that's that's ready because that boundary corner position is a big one you know and uh and so uh, I know Bustle, Bustle wants to go, but I, I don't think he's going to be ready. So D-Jack will get, get his opportunity. Uh, a few guys on your team who have some pretty strong connections to Pittsburgh uh, with Bryson Garner and Darren Coleman both uh, playing for the Panthers. Sky Moore, too. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, from, uh, from Pittsburgh. from down the road. Um, have, they, have you seen some excitement from them about um, kind of getting ready to maybe see some familiar faces? Play yeah, they have a ton of respect, as do I, for Coach Narduzzi. You know, he's... Uh, you know, I've known him for a long time and always respected him and his defense and, you know, uh, went against him at Syracuse, uh, interviewed with him a couple times, you know. So uh, just, uh, you know, they, they have nothing but great things to say about the program he has and the way they run it. And and uh, it's nice to know a little bit about some of their players, you know. Uh, TC and Bryson are both complimentary about what, you know, the, guy, the guy's strengths and, and the things that uh, they do well that we're going to have to know about to to you know, to play them. And, uh, but yeah, so definitely we do, we do affirmations at the beginning of every meeting. I call someone up to the front and, and, uh, to do an affirmation, basically say thank you to somebody, you know, that we're not in a world that people like to say thank you anymore. So we start off every meeting with it. So this has been the, uh, Bryson, we got to go this week. TC went skies tomorrow morning's meeting. So, uh, you know, just, just, to, uh, they, they obviously had a great experience there and, and, they weren't playing a ton, from my understanding, and they wanted a chance to go somewhere where they could play. And they both come here and enjoyed it, and they're playing and playing well. And so, uh, and I've talked to Narduzzi before I took either one of those guys, and he had great things to say about them. So it's uh, it worked out the way it's supposed to, you know. And uh, and it's unique that we are playing them, so it'll be fun. Um, how do you how uh, did you kind of get to know uh, Pat Narduzzi and? Um... I guess it, uh, through Scott Schaefer, Scott Schaefer and him are, are, they go way back. And, uh, they, they when they were young coaches, uh, I think Rhode Island together and then through Northern Illinois and, um, coach Schaefer was a DC and I think Narduzzi might've been at Northern when I was a player here. Uh, so we've always through Schaefer, we've, we've got to know each other and, uh, and got to hang out a little bit. So, uh, and then I've been, obviously for the past four or five years, I've been able to go to the, a lot of the head coaching things and we, We've crossed paths a lot at that, and and so uh, he's a guy that I I trust to call when when they're changing rules and stuff, and just asking him how he's handling it. And uh, obviously, when I was they were looking for an offensive coordinator at one point, I got the opportunity to interview for with him for 
three, four hours, you know, talk, talking ball. You know, I think the interview ended in like an, an hour or two. And then I said, can I, can I pick your brain? You know, we just started talking ball for a long time. And, uh, and so, uh, that's I was, I was in that interview process when this, this happened and we were, I was kind of, it was back and forth. And so, uh, we actually spent a lot of time during that whole, uh, process. So, uh, I've always followed him, him and Shafe, and and they when he was at Michigan State for a long time, doing uh, with Antonio, doing uh, running this defense, which has been tried and true for a long time. It works. They there. It's not third down. It's a very complicated thing. Uh, first and second down, you know what they're doing. They're just really good at it, you know. And it's and it's uh, it puts a lot of pressure on you. You got to make contested catches and and you got to find ways to run the ball and. And they're going to be physical and aggressive, just like he did at Lansing for a long time. They're doing it in Pittsburgh now, you know. So uh, it's a great challenge, and it's, uh, I know our guys are excited about it. Uh, and that's a team that's coming off a big win over uh, Tennessee. Um, who are some guys that uh, you're kind of looking at, uh, knowing that you know you have to game plan from them, that game plan for them, that they could give you some trouble? Well, you know I'm a numbers guy. Eight. Pick a side. Eight. I don't know if that's a special number in Pittsburgh, but their quarterback and their D tackle number eight. Uh, their D tackle reminds me a ton of Ralph Ollie. I mean, but bigger. I mean, plays like him, low pad level, unbelievably strong hands, uh, a, re- a really good defensive lineman. Um, and and then their um, their quarterback. I think he's really good. I mean, I'm a quarterback guy, and I, I, he's one I would love to coach. He's big. He has a great arm. Uh, number three, their wide receiver, and number eleven, their wide receiver. Uh, three super dynamic, and uh, and they do a lot of great things. You know, their left tackle is a, it's got to be a draft pick. You know, watching him move around, and so uh, so they have some guys that really stand out. I mean, they they just played an SEC team and beat an SEC team, and um, and belonged. You know, player for player. You know, there's a couple guys that stood out, but I mean, they definitely uh, are as good as we've seen this year. Not no doubt. Um, but yeah, watching their quarterback, I think he's different. I think their uh, that receiver number three, I think, is different. Left tackle, uh, and definitely that that nose guard three technique. He's a, he, they move him around. He's he's special when you watch him play. Coach Colin Murphy with the Western Herald. Uh, defense had a drastic turnaround from week one to week two, giving up a bunch of chunk plays to Michigan and then allowing uh, just one play of more than eight yards to Illinois State. How do you? How do you carry that success forward uh, against a tougher opponent this week in Pittsburgh? Yeah, it's going to be hard. They're explosive, you know, and uh, and their quarterback is really athletic. I mean, he's going to look like the prototypical 6'4 pocket passer, but when he pulls it down, my man, he can roll a little bit, you know. So uh, it's uh, it's going to be hard. We got we, we kept it simple last week. We didn't do too much. Uh, you know, we, we, we really just focused on our details and eye discipline and making sure that we, we focused on the things we need to focus on. I think we tackled better. I think we ran to the ball better and tackled better. We had better knee bend. And uh, so I think those are the same things that are going to carry over. You know, I always tell them it's never going to get – it never gets easier. You just have to get better at it, you know. Um, so so they, it's not going to be any easier this week. In fact, it might be harder. Uh, we just have to take care of our little details and um, get guys to the ball. You know, and, and Coach Whipple, their offensive coordinator, does a great job of making you making you think. You know, we got to get lined up. He'll put four four receivers into the boundary. He'll hide a tight end at tackle and put two tackles on the right. Um, so he does a lot of unique things. You just got to well, we got to get lined up so we can play ball. But uh, I think it's 35 times in two games that they've had two tackles on one side and 
and their tight end hidden, you know, on the backside. And so uh, you got to see it, you got to recognize, you got to communicate it, and then when we snap the ball, we can play. But but all the the little things with where they try to confuse you and stuff, we we got to do a good job of being on top of those things. Uh, with some new starters in there, you know, we've really been working on it a lot out there and giving them the look so that they so they know what's coming because we got to, you know, once you get lined up, it's football. And uh, but I think they've done they're really explosive offensively this year, which. Uh, Pitt's always been a great defensive team, and offensively, that this is, I think, as explosive as they've been, um, which makes it even a, a bigger challenge. You mentioned Illinois State uh, kind of trying to force you to run it. Uh, that led to Ladarius Jefferson and Sean Tyler both having pretty good success. Um, how do you keep that up with them, and then how do you, you know, sort of make sure you're still balancing that run and pass and just having Sky Moore back change that at all? Yeah, could. I mean, 50 to 20, 50 runs, 20 passes is not normal for us. Um, but they had their plan. I mean, they were not going to put their Sam in the box, and they were not going to put their boundary safety in the box. And they didn't move them all game. And that allowed us to have six on six all day in the box. And uh, I think their boundary safety 23 and their field Sam number five probably had a ton of tackles. I mean, they made every tackle uh, for like a five or six or seven yard game, you know. So we held the ball for 37 minutes, and, you know, we didn't get. You know, really, a lot of times what will happen with that is as soon as we start getting some production running the ball, they're going to start getting nosy. And the moment they do is when we normally try to be explosive. We caught that, that backside safety out of position on one play, and we threw a bang post to uh, Jalen Hall for a touchdown. It was the one time we saw it. The rest of the game was handed, 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 and we ran it 50 times, you know. And uh, and that's the way RPOs work, you know. They're going to pick and choose what what we do. and. If everyone's doing their job, it could be a game where we score fast, or it could be a bunch of twelve play drives, you know. And uh, and so they, yeah, that was their plan. And I, they, that twenty three was a good player in the boundary. He had a ton of tackles in space. As soon as we got through the the mesh point, he'd come down to be the free player and make a tackle for five, six, seven, you know. So it was uh, it was a good plan. I mean, Coach Back is a defensive coordinator. He's in the Big Ten. He's been all over the place as a D coordinator. So you knew he was going to have a plan and and. Uh, and he wanted to see if our offensive linemen could just be physical and, and we, if we could be patient enough to keep handing it, you know, and uh, and that's what we had to do. And you just keep talking to Caleb on the sideline so he doesn't get bored. You know, we did drop back and throw it some, but, uh, you know, we had, we just had yards in front of us if with our way of good, good line, good backs. I thought they played pretty well. Some of the – what they did with those six guys up front, they moved them around. There was every stunt in America just trying to pick us off and try to find a free tackler. And uh, so it was good. It was really good work for our guys to deal with all the different movements that they tried to. Uh, but most D coordinators get get frustrated, and they're gonna start. They're gonna get aggressive at some point and want to stop it. And uh, and Coach Pack didn't. He he made us continue, and we fumbled twice. You know, which uh, which kept them in it. If they if if our defense wasn't playing as well, you know, and and our defense only had to play 45 plays because we were able to hold the ball that long. You know, we actually some of our defensive players ran less in the game than they run in practice on Tuesdays and Thursdays, you know, according to the numbers. So it was actually less less running than practice because they did their job for 45 plays out there and we were controlling it on offense. So uh, every game plan turns out differently. You gotta, I always say our plan will not outlast the enemy. We got that from a great alum here uh, that we got to make adjustments and see what they're doing and, and, and play play the game that's given us, given to us, you know. And so this week's different. They're going to be, they're coming. There's no doubt. Everyone that's seen Michigan State play or Pitt play, any coach in our doozy team, um, 
they're going to load the box and stop the run and hit the quarterback. And, uh, you know, for me, when I was a player, this was Northern Illinois because that's where the Coach Dews and Coach Schaaf were. And, and then it went to Michigan State and it, Dews, I think, then they went to Cincinnati. And now, you know, they're, it, it's a very well known, successful uh, defense that's really, really, really hard to go against, you know. So we're, we're excited for the challenge. I think our guys understand what's going on and we got to go out there and make plays, though, and they're going to make it hard. And think about that that pit defense, and especially the secondary talented enough that you know Garner and Coleman felt they needed to transfer elsewhere to find playing time. How do you like how your receivers match up against against their secondary? I, I think I definitely think these are the two. At least um, our our wide receiver coach, who's his job is to study the secondary. You know, he, he said that he thinks the two corners are the best two we faced. You know, best two cover guys we faced. Um, they do a good job of staying on top of you. You know, they're, it's when you watch their last year's team, I want to say three of their four secondary players were drafted. And then that's one of the reasons uh, Bryson and TC are here. I mean, those two safeties that played last year were – they're playing Sundays instead of Saturdays now. Like, they're as good as they, they come. And uh, so it was they, – they had a really unique group. So they got some new guys out there, you know, so uh, that we've only seen in two games now. But I think they do a great job. Uh, at safety, obviously, Coach Sanders is their coach. Coach Sanders played for me. He coached here and left here to go coach uh, for Coach Narduzzi. So uh, he does a great job of coaching them up. And um, but yeah, they I, I think what they do at the line of scrimmage is going to be is what makes them special. They stay on top. They're patient. They retreat. And uh, and I think I think we we have to we're going to have to be physical because there there's not going to be a lot of air for the for the number one wide receivers probably. Uh, the slots will have a little bit of air in there. They can run around a little bit. But uh, it's um, it's going to be tough. And uh, the matchups, having Skyback's huge because that gives us some flexibility. Last last week we didn't have much flexibility. Jalen played in the boundary. Uh, I thought Crooms played really well. He's been consistent in the slot. Um, by their defense, Bryce didn't get involved as much as he did against Michigan. Uh, but now, we'll, now we have Skyback. There's a lot of moving parts that we can use. And we got to move him around to put, try to put him in good situations. Coach, obviously, uh, week one to week two, you talk about tackle being, being a better part, and obviously, with only giving up 57 yards, that was uh, did a good job with that. Special teams was another thing you talked about from week one to week two. Mm -hmm. and I thought, you know, not only did a good job with the punt returns, Mahalik had a good game in, a, in the punt game, and it looked like the field goal extra point was a little bit better than it was against Michigan. Yeah, we definitely improved. There's no doubt about it. We were, um, I thought we covered much better, much better. I mean, our kickoff team and our punt team, uh, Nick was kicking the ball. Our protection was better. Uh, field goal ball was getting up. Uh, we just got to catch punts better. You know, it, it was it was a difficult day for punts. Their, uh, their guy was kicking 130 and then 165-70, so it was really hard time to figure out where to put him because it just wasn't very consistent. So he, he let a couple go over his head, and in a field position game, uh, we have to be better than that. And Bryce does a great job of catching the ball. He just, we just got to find the right sweet spot to put him where he can get to all of them. Um, but he caught them all clean and uh, had, had a return or two and gained us a couple yards here and there. But, uh, you know, biggest thing I always say when they're, when they're punting the ball and we have our punt return team out there, the next play we get it on offense. I just want to make sure we get it. So catch it clean. If you have to fair catch them all, it doesn't matter. Uh, if, we, if you give us space and we get a little return, that's great. I just want to make sure we have a guy back there, and I really feel comfortable with Bryce catching the ball. Um, uh, and, and compared to week one, he was a little bit – 
obviously he was in front of 110,000 people, so it wasn't as clean in week one. But he just seemed he seemed very comfortable back there, and it's good to have. And then Sky will be back too, because him and Sky are kind of our main two returners. So losing Sky really made us thin back there. You know, we got other guys that can do it, but we real feel really confident in those two guys. So uh, I was happy with. The improvement. There's a long way to go. We found a couple guys that you know I didn't think played very well. We're going to get some young kids some chances on to run down on kickoff and kickoff return to try to continually get better on those special teams units because it's going to matter when you get into conference play here real quick. Uh, you know, with those we got eventually we got to be able to take advantage of some of those opportunities. You know. All right. Thank you, Coach. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Bronco Nation podcast. Stay tuned for next week's episode.